let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Boys and girls, what school or nursery do you go to? Can you shout it out for me? I can't hear you. Shout louder. Oh, that one. Well, I'm sure some of you go to Wallastone Primary School and I'm usually there every Friday morning and lunchtime to visit two or three classes and then run the Friday lunchtime scripture union group. And going into Wallastone was one of the highlights of my week and I'm really missing it now. Just before we all had an early school holiday, I was in chatting with the Primary 7s about Easter. And most of them know the Easter story, so I thought I would share with them some of the reasons why I think the Easter story really happened. One of those reasons is in our passage today. But our passage also gave me two more reasons that I didn't think about, which is fantastic. So, I've got three questions for you to help you remember the story and each one has an answer that gives me confidence that Jesus is alive. Are you ready for the questions? Let's get started. First off, what weight do you think the stone over the tomb was? Ooh, tough question. What weight was it? Here, I'll give you some ideas. Would it have weighed as much as two bags of cement? Two of me? I do eat a lot after all. Two sofas? Or was it two cars? Oh, tough choice, tough choice. Quick, quick, quick. What are you going to choose? The answer is two cars. Well done if you picked the right answer. The stone would have weighed about two tons or the weight of two 1979 VW Beetles. That's a lot of stone. So if Jesus wasn't dead and maybe he had, well, I don't know, simply fainted, then there is no way he could have got out himself and no way his friends could have rolled the stone away and, and stolen his body without the Roman guards hearing something and then stopping them. They were professional soldiers after all. So the stone being rolled away is a major clue that Jesus really did come back to life. Okay, question number two. Who first found out that Jesus was alive? Can you remember? Point this way if you think it was the woman. Point this way if you think it was the disciples. What are you going to pick? It was the woman. Good remembering. And here's question number three, because two and three are quite closely related. Did the disciples believe the woman about Jesus being alive? Did they? Give me a thumbs up for yes, a thumbs down for no. The answer is no. The disciples did not believe the woman. Now, why are these two clues important? Well, back in the days of Jesus, sadly, women were not believed. They were not regarded as good enough 
witnesses for anything. Which is part of the reason why in verse 11 we read that the disciples did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. It seemed like nonsense to the disciples, the men. Because no one was expecting this and they weren't simply going to believe the women because they were women. Exactly. It came across to the men as kind of like a silly dream made up. The sort of thing that that people might hallucinate back then because these women were upset with grief and a lack of sleep. Now, sometimes people today think that the first disciples must have made up the story about Jesus. Because after all, no one comes back from the dead, right? Well, if the first disciples were were trying to convince people back then to believe a fake story, then they would not have picked women as the first people to find out Jesus was alive. That would have been a bad plan, poor marketing. And so this is another clue for us today. Jesus really did come back to life because the story matches with what really happened rather than what people would have made up. The third clue is very like that as well. If it was a made up story, then the smart idea would be to show the disciples having faith straight away. Because then the disciples would be examples of faith, people to follow. They would have been the ideal people to lead the early church and get lots of respect and recognition and power. But that's not what we read. The disciples did not believe. They were not expecting Jesus to come back to life. It was a complete surprise to them. In a fake story, the disciples should believe straight away rather than doubt. Now, there are many more reasons for believing that Jesus came back to life, but those are three reasons from the passage today. The big stone, the women witnesses and the disciples being surprised. I wonder, do you like surprises, boys and girls? And if you were trying to give someone a surprise, what would you say? Would it be boom or maybe ta-da? I read a story this week about another minister. And in this story, the minister is talking with the children in his church at an Easter service. And he asked the children, what do you think Jesus' first words were to his friends after he came back to life? What was Jesus' first words? And one little boy sprang to his feet, spread his arms wide and said, ta-da. The story of Easter, the story of Jesus coming back to life was a surprise for the disciples. It wasn't announced with a ta-da or a boo, but it was still a surprise. And it was a surprise to people who were sad, who were afraid, and who were doubting. The story of Jesus coming back to life is a story which began in the real world of sorrow and uncertainty, but with a message for that very same world. Don't we today also live with 
sadness or fear or doubt. And what is more, when Jesus came back to life, many things remained unchanged. The Romans were still in charge. The religious leaders were still bullies and bad people and had not been brought to justice. People were still sick and scared. But here's the thing. On one level, the wider world was still the same after Jesus came back to life. But on another level, everything had also changed. Everything. Because in the wonderful events of Easter, there is a dead man who has come back to life. Jesus has conquered death and the grave. And that's the kind of surprising good news which rewrites history. And not just for a year or a decade or even a century. No, this is the kind of surprising good news that rewrites history for everyone, everywhere forevermore. Friends, my prayer this Easter is for us to know the risen Jesus journeying with us in these difficult days. Because as the Apostle Peter himself later reminds us, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Brothers and sisters, we not only have hope, we have a living hope. Living because Jesus lives. And it's hope, it's not wishful thinking. It's hope because it's certain, it's A strong and confident assurance. But we only have this because of Easter Sunday. Which is summed up so well in our final hymn today. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me, Jesus, yours, is the victory. Friends, our passage today reminds us of the surprising story of Easter. A story that was not fate. A story which rewrote all history. And a story which suggests that even in our present darkness, uncertainty and fear, when all around seems to remain unchanged because of Easter, well, this story suggests we can still encounter Jesus today. Because Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Praise be to God. Amen.